get the mic. Honey, I've got something to uh, say. Uh, hey, ooh, I like that. Can uh, you turn that up for uh, me? It's Maja, but you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj. What's up? It's your girl Maj, and we are back with another episode of Ask Maj, the podcast, where I am spilling all the real tea. So can I just start off by saying shout out to all the moms. Y'all are the real MVPs. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers around the world. Um, Those who have adopted children, those who have stepped up to be the mom, those who have lost children, and even those who have lost their mothers. Um, Happy Mother's Day across the board. Um, And especially to my mom, happy Mother's Day to you. If you are listening, I love you. Shout out to my mama. Mama, we made it. So yeah, shout out to the moms. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Shout out to the teachers. I know it was teachers appreciation last week and I wanted to recognize all of the teachers. Please understand that like teachers are so underrated, so underpaid, like undervalued, all of that. Like teachers should be, in my opinion, some of the top paid uh, people in the world um, and and in reality they, they are some of the lowest paid people in the world so they definitely deserve a week a year <laughs> all of that a month so shout out to all the teachers we appreciate you we are grateful for you and we thank you for believing in us and believing in our future and last but not least shout out to the graduating class of 2020 um Especially all of my Aggies, like shout out to y'all Aggie Pride on this major accomplishment and shout out to all of the HBCUs who graduated. Um, I know it seems a little crazy that we are in this pandemic and a lot of you weren't able to have, you know, in-person graduations and and true graduation ceremonies. Um, But understand that what you did is a major accomplishment, whether or not you walk across the stage. Like, nobody can take that away from you. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the graduation class of 2020, especially my brother, uh, Chaz G, um, and my producer who does all of this stuff, my podcast, my intro music. Uh, shout out to him. He just graduated from Howard University. So, yeah, shout out to all my HBCUs um, in the class of 2020. You made it. Oh, and, yeah, speaking of Mother's Day, I thought this was so sweet that um, it was Meek Mill's birthday sometime last week, and his baby mama had his baby on his birthday. I thought that was so, so, so sweet. So shout out to Meek Mill and Milano. Um, for the birth of their new baby boy and happy Mother's Day to her as well. So yes, let's jump right into this Maj moment for this week. Obviously, we are still in quarantine and we see that, you know, we've seen that a lot of the states are are slowly reopening and a lot of people have been uh, reluctant. I can't blame you, honey. I'm not going nowhere. Like, I, I still need to see what's happening on the outside. And it is still a little, a little confusing to me that um, they are reopening, but the number of cases hasn't gone down. So I'm a little confused or a little concerned. I mean, I guess I know why, because, you know, of the financial state that we are in and the economy and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, like these people's health comes first before all of that. So yes, I'm not going anywhere. My my health comes first. I'm not going anywhere. But anyway, so the marriage moment for for today, um, 
You really have to believe in what you can't see. And honestly, that is so hard. It is so easier said than done. Um, and, and usually I have, you know, some sort of like inspirational story, but it wasn't anything that that actually like triggered it. It's just, you know, going over my goals, remembering, you know, what my purpose is and why I'm here and what I'm called to do. And, and sometimes when I pray and I talk to God, you know, and I believe in myself, you know, I believe that, you know, he's going to take me everywhere that he promised. Right. But it's hard to see that, you know, when you can't see things, it's, it's hard to see, you know, or hard to believe what you can't see. So, you know, I just have to challenge myself. And when you truly believe in what you can't see, that's when the real manifestation starts. So I know that we're in, you know, a pandemic and we're stuck in quarantine. But if you just truly believe, you know, that we're going to make it out and that you will get to, you know, follow your dreams and make it to where you want to make it, even though you can't see it right now, that's where the real manifestation happens. So I just encourage you that, you know, the secret to all of this is to truly believe in what you can't see. And then that's when the real manifestation happens. So yes, that is our March moment of the day of the week. Carry that with you as long as you need. Believe in what you can't see, honey. Put that on Instagram. It's a question of the day. I know many of you have heard. Oh, poor Miss Tyra Banks, honey. So, so some... Snippets resurfaced of America's Next Top Model of Tyra Banks and some of the interactions that she had with the potential models. So she told this one model um, that her gap was not marketable. So she, she tells the young lady, you know... Um, you know, you, we sent you to the dentist and, you know, you chose not to get your gap closed. And the young lady just uh, explained that, you know, she wasn't interested in getting her gap, her gap closed because that was her. Then Tyra proceeded to tell her that her gap isn't marketable and she can't be a cover girl with her gap. And then, of course, the other judge made a really... Oh, that was so bad. Just another comment about how she left the, left the gap wide open for another girl to take her place. It it was a lot. <laughs> so anyway, the question is, were Tyra Banks' comments offensive or was she just enforcing beauty standards that she was taught? So a couple of people um, commented on my post. I, I put this on Instagram and a couple of people commented. So one user said, nope, not offensive to me. I think she was being real. And this is the fashion and modeling industry. You don't have to like what she said, but respect that it's coming from a place of experience. Now, if it was boo boo down the street, we know credibility, LOL. Then yes, it's rude. The next comment said she was just letting her know what the business was during her times. And another user said, um, it's not offensive, just going off what she was taught and what was being shown in the fashion model industry at the same time. Uh so, yes, and then Slick Woods even came out. She's also a model. And she said, me and my friends were talking about how people look up to Tyra Banks and everyone says she's broke so many barriers for us. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't feel like Tyra Banks broke any barriers for me because I don't have a regular face. I'm not white dipped in chocolate. I'm sorry. 
So were Tyra Banks' comments offensive or was she just enforcing beauty standards that she was taught? Uh, okay, this is a tough one. I think that obviously, you know, this is what Tyra Banks was taught, right? This is how she grew up. This is what she taught, what she was taught working and progressing, progressing, excuse me, and coming up in the modeling and kind of beauty cover girl industry. Um, so either way, I think, you know, when it comes to being offensive, that's a subjective term, meaning it's it depends on how the person feels about it. You know, the, that model could have been offended by Tyra Banks's comments, but someone watching the show may not have necessarily thought her comments were offensive. I do, in fact, think that she was just enforcing beauty standards. Um, that's what she was taught. That's what she was. That's how she was, I guess, raised or, or molded um, as it relates to the beauty industry, as it relates to the model industry. Um, and what I can say is that Tyra did not tell her that her gap was ugly. She didn't say you're not cute. She didn't say your gap is ugly. And I think that's when you really start getting into the realm of like being offensive, being a rude and truly coming for, you know, I guess the young lady's character um, and re really coming for, I guess, more so heart and insecurities. Um, she, that's not what she said. She said her gap wasn't marketable. And from Tyra's understanding and from how Tyra has progressed and how she's learned the mo the, the modeling and the fashion and the beauty, beauty industries, she understands that that gap in that time, during that time frame, was not marketable. However, like I talked about in, in episode eight, um, when we talked a little bit about the controversy regarding Kenya Barris and colorism around, around his new show, Black AF on Netflix, you know, about him um, casting all light-skinned actors, I think it's our job to break those standards, to break those barriers. Um, so yes, you know, in, in that time, and like I said, this was all Tyra knew, I believe. But, you know, now we see that everywhere. You know, we see even Slick Woods, you know, she's a model, um, a renowned model, and she has a gap. Um, so I think it's it's our job to break those barriers. It's our job to break those standards. It's our job to say, this is me. I'm going to be me. And I'm still going to make it regardless of the standards that you have set. Um, and, and I think that's what it's about. Really pushing past those barriers. Really pushing past those standards that people have set. And saying, we don't have to abide by those standards. Um, and if we choose not to abide by those standards, then we will create our own. So I think that's where Tyra kind of... I guess, fail or, or drop the ball. But like I said, that was all she knew. But again, you know, when we're in those places, you know, with power and with influence um, and with a true voice, you know, it's our job to um, to break those barriers, to break those standards and make it okay for girls with gaps to be marketable or to be cover girls, to make it okay for girls who don't have hair, who are bald or who have fades to, you know, to make it in the fashion industry, to make it in the model industry. It's okay you know, to, for plus size women. Like we need to start normalizing these things and again, breaking down those barriers because who who had the authority to say this is the beauty standard and this is what we're going with. And if you don't fit this standard, then you're not beautiful. Who, who made that up? You know, who whose authority was that to say this is a standard and this is what we're abiding by? At the end of the day, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So I'm cute because I say I'm cute. I'm beautiful because I say I'm beautiful. Not because I can't make it on a magazine of CoverGirl. Okay, CoverGirl magazine, whatever. So yes, I think, again, it's our job, you know, as people with influence, people with platforms, black women um, in particular, to break down those beauty standards and break down those barriers of what it should be.
um, and and make our own beauty standards and 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 enforce that all all women are beautiful, all sizes are beautiful, all hair is beautiful, all you know teeth gaps, all of that stuff, all of that is beautiful, um, and and that we're not going to abide by beauty standards. So yes, moving on to what y'all mad about this week. So can we talk about this adorable baby girl that was just announced as Gerber's new spokesbaby? Her name is Magnolia Earl. She is a one-year-old from California, and she was selected from among more than 327,000 babies um, to represent Gerber in marketing campaigns. And after featuring nearly a dozen tiny brand ambassadors as the face of its baby food and other early childhood products, Gerber announced on Friday it had selected the first adopted spokesbaby um, in the 92-year history. And they chose her for her, and I quote, joyful expression, playful smile, and warm, engaging gaze. And I don't know if you've seen this little girl, but oh my gosh, she's adorable. Like, I just want to squeeze her little cheeks. She is so adorable. So, of course, people mad. Y'all mad this week. So a lot of the controversy around this new baby um, is about race. Um, So she is a black baby from what we see. I don't know her true race, ethnicity, Um, but her adopted parents are white. And a lot of people took to social media to express the fact that They are upset and discomforted by the fact that she is a black baby and she has white parents and she is now a Gerber baby. So here are a few of the comments. One user said, it's all good, but white parents benefiting from the work of their black child doesn't sit right with me. Another user said, the only time a black baby is recognized by Gerber is when they are adopted to an all white family. That's the first main issue. Another user said, so it's a white family getting rich off the beauty of melanin full baby. I can't help but wonder if her parents were white, would she still get the job? I hate how cynical I've become. (laughs) And the next one, which kind of argued with with, uh, the first few points were, or was some of these comments make me sick to my stomach. I happen to be one of those black kids adopted by a white family, a family who decided to make a selfless decision to open their doors to a nine year old orphan, a blessing that I will never be able to repay a second chance with the family. Love is love. Love does not see color. Adoption is the most beautiful thing. And the last comment said, uh, am I the only black that's not bothered? I'm glad that baby's, baby is getting a better life than the system could give her. Okay, so y'all are really upset. And here's the thing, right? So I, I'm a very objective person and I always like to see both sides of the argument. I understand, right? I understand why couldn't she have black parents, right? Why did her parents have to be white? So on and so forth. And why is it... You know, why is it news that she's not, you know, why, you know, or the fact that why did we not emphasize the fact that she's a black baby, you know, so on and so forth. I get it. I understand. However, think about it like this. 
It's news because obviously Gerber has chosen their new Gerber baby. So that's news. And secondly, she is the first adopted baby, right? She is the first adopted baby. So that is news. She's the first. She's made history. Now, I get it. I, like I said, I understand that people are upset. Her parents are white, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, there and there's this question that, that arose, you know, if her parents were black, would she still have the opportunity? I get it. I completely understand where you're coming from. But at the end of the day, really think about, does that really matter? Does that really matter? And when it comes to her being the spokesbaby of Gerber as a black baby, her parents really don't have a lot to do with it. At the end of the day, those aren't being the, those aren't the people being represented for Gerber she is a beautiful black baby so let's forget the fact that she's adopted by a white family let's forget the fact that if you know if if her family was black she may not have gotten the the you know the chance to be a Gerber baby because all in all those are still assumptions at the end of the day let's let's hone on the fact and let's celebrate the fact that there is a black baby representing Gerber and she's beautiful like, what else is, like, what more <laughs> can we give you? I think that is amazing. I think that's a huge celebration. Um, and I think that we should celebrate that. I think that's something that we should emphasize, something that is news. And I think that's what we should be truly harping on is that there is a beautiful black baby who is representing Gerber. Her parents will not be on the magazines. Her parents will not be on social media. Her parents are just that, her parents, who's representing is this beautiful black baby. So I think sometimes we, we really have to get out of that negative mindset because it, it's to be honest sometimes it can be rooted in hate um you know you're so focused on the negative that you can't see the positive but I think in this case you can truly find the silver lining like I said in the fact that this beautiful black baby with like I said this joyful expression and this warm smile and this warm engaging gaze um that they fell in love with is now the front now the face of Gerber I think that is an amazing accomplishment and I definitely think it's something that we should celebrate so I'm sorry if y'all are mad at me for this but I definitely think that's that's something that we should celebrate and again I think it's it's we, we should focus on the positive definitely focus more on the positive um and yeah yes we should celebrate her Miss Magnolia you go girl you are so beautiful and she's gonna grow up to be a beautiful black girl and we're gonna continue to encourage her and uplift her um and and let her know that we've got her back and that we're proud of her okay okay all right moving on can we get into this Erica and Jill battle oh Lord Jesus uh first of all I don't I don't even know where to start I I don't I I don't even know where to start let me start by saying both of those women were radiating on that screen can I say that both of them are are pushing 50 and they look gorgeous. I mean, Jill's smile is so contagious. You cannot watch Jill Scott and not smile. Like, if you do, you're crazy. It's like, something is wrong with you. Um, I mean, both of them just so beautiful, just so radiant. I mean, just... You, you could turn off your sound and still be entertained just by watching them because they are so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yes, black women for never aging. And then secondly, I don't even I don't even want to call it a battle. Like I don't 
I don't even want to call it a battle because they were so just praising each other. It was all about just, I celebrate you, you celebrate me. I'm proud of you. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. It just, it, oh my God, I just felt so good. And honestly, I didn't even like, I wasn't completely like tuned in in terms of like watching it. I just was kind of like sitting on my computer, working on some stuff, actually writing the script for this show and just listening in the background. Like the vibe, the energy, the feels, it just... Oh, my God. And, you know, Erica and Jill are both so big on, you know, energy transfer and vibes. And you really felt that thing. Oh, my gosh. Like, that was really what we needed. I, to be honest, I'm, I'm mad because we didn't get that before. Like, that should have been the first versus battle. Um, because that was truly, truly everything we needed. And, I mean, it just puts you in a good mood. It just relax, relaxes you. If you're mad at something, I promise you won't be mad. <laughs> you won't be mad anymore after, you know, you listen to Erica and Jill battle. And, you know, after a while, Michelle Obama was even in on the live requesting songs. She requested Green Eyes by Erica Badu at some point, even tagged Barack. I'm like, hey, Michelle, hey, Barack. Yes, y'all better get on, get in on these good vibes, honey. Don't miss out. So, yes, that, oh, my God, just, just amazing. And, you know, like I said, I don't even want to call it a battle because it really just was, you know, just playing this amazing music back and forth and praising each other and I mean oh my god this music is what we grew up on I mean decades ago I mean they were bringing the hits honey y'all better call Tyrone and tell him Auntie Jill is on the phone because they brought it yes I I just like I really just cannot 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 get over it and obviously the question is who won I, I don't know nobody won like I'm not even gonna declare it a battle let's just say the Erica and Jill show and now at this point I need a I need a joint album like is that possible could, could, we, could we do a joint album like I would be so here for that like an Erica and Jill joint album so I'm, I don't even want to call it a battle like I want to call it the Erica and Jill show and of course, like I said, the question is who won? Um, nobody won. It was a battle. But I can say that I was more familiar. Don't hate me, but I was I was more familiar with a lot of Erica, Erica's music, because um, that's I really, really grew up in on Erica, you know, and it really brought me back to uh, my childhood days. My father used to have um, the CD case and it was black and you opened it and you remember you could put in two cds and then you flip the page and put two cds in and it was it was laminated like it brought me back to that and i just remember seeing like erica's cds in my daddy's in my daddy's little case um and so that that's how i got hooked on to erica aside from him just playing it around the house when we would have you know cleaning days so i grew up a little bit more on erica than i did jill so i was a little bit more familiar with more of the hits she was playing um than jill was but again i don't i don't even want to call it a, a battle like that was the erica and jill show so Shout out to both of them for, for putting on this amazing show. And then after the show, um, the the Versus announced that um, they got over one, one over one billion impressions um, on the Versus uh, battle. And so Jill Scott said, say word. Wow, y'all. Seriously, wow. Which means views, sitting on the live, signing up for the no notifications, interacting and commenting, conversations all day and night, and posting. It was global. Congratulations, y'all. The culture wins. And I felt that in my spirit. Erica said um, on the same versus... Um, Announcement. She said, now this is power, grateful across all networks. Um, and she also thanked Jill. She said, it was all, it is always a pleasure. Uh, oh my God. Just thank y'all so much. And please understand that if you did not make the stink face <laughs> one time during the battle, were you really listening? 
like like were you really 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 listening so yeah shout out to erica and jill and shout out to them for <laughs> bringing michelle on i know they didn't bring her on but they indirectly brought her on and speaking of michelle obama honey ooh, child this becoming documentary oh my god netflix doesn't know what type of gym they have on their hands that was so powerful you know and i i i don't i don't know what i expected from that documentary i don't know what i what i expected but that entire documentary was emotional like emotional in a in a sense of like this high place of just happiness and empowerment and just feeling uplifted when i tell you that whole show i was like mm, mm, yes yes honey snapping my fingers because i just felt it you know and I, I think everybody can relate to michelle obama because she's a black woman you know and i think she's she's a black woman who is just like us like, I think she's a black woman who is just like us. And I respect Michelle for so many different reasons. But I think the main reason I respect Michelle Obama is because her platform as as first lady of the United States of America didn't define her. She defined what it meant to be the first lady of the United States of, the, of America, the first black lady of the United States of America. So the platform didn't define her, she defined it. And I think she, throughout her, throughout her journey um, as the first lady, I think she truly, truly held on um, to herself and, and who she was. And she held on to reality in a sense that, yes, I have this amazing platform, you know, where everybody is watching my every move and I'm going to use this for good, right? But after this is over, there's another life for me. This isn't a forever thing. And oh my God, oh like, oh my God. I, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I feel like you would think, you know, as a president's wife, as, as a first lady, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm the first lady. And even when I'm not the first lady, I'm still the former first lady. I'm living off of that. And she's like, no this is a, a whole new life, you know, in one of the, in one of the sessions that she did, one of the little girls asked her, you know, how do you get back on track? She said, I'm not getting back on track. I'm creating a new track. I was like, come on and preach, Michelle. Oh, oh, that lady is so everything, so relatable. And I just respect her on a whole, I already respect, respected her 100%, but now my respect just went through the roof. Like, so in inspiring, so empowering. And, and it just makes you feel like you can do anything. I mean, like, you, you can't tell me no nothing. Honey, Oprah, move over because I'm coming through. Like, that is truly how I felt after watching her documentary. I mean, so powerful. And and another thing I want I want to highlight that I respect about her is the fact that she was never just Barack's wife. She was never just that, never. That was just a hat that she wore. But she even mentioned in, in, in the beginning of the documentary that she had to step up her game if she was gonna be the president's wife. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I'm not just gonna be his wife. I am my own person. Yes, I'm Michelle Obama, I have his last name, I am his wife, I am the president's wife, but I am still Michelle Obama who is an individual person. Um, and she truly, truly held true to that. Ugh. Oh my gosh, so inspiring. And 
Another part that I really loved about the documentary is when she was talking about um, living in the White House and, you know, how she was saying that the butlers cleaned up and cooked for them. And she was like, you know, I didn't want my kids growing up like that. Like, I think it's fine and all that, you know, they, they're cleaning their rooms every day and making their beds every day. She was like, but I'm not raising no kids that don't know how to make their beds. And I mean, when I tell you, I like when she said that, I heard my mom, you know, I heard my mom. So just... Oh my God, just so res- so much respect that, you know, you have that resource there, but you choose not to use it for the sake of, of your children's growth. She's like, because after this, we have, we still have a life to live. And when we move out of the White House, there are no butlers. You have to make your own bed. And oh my God, like, I, I just cannot respect that. I, I mean, I cannot respect that more. Just, oh, Michelle, I love you. <laughs> If you ever hear this, uh, I don't even know what to say. Just, I love you and I respect you on a whole nother level. I love that. And and I appreciate you, um, you know, putting out that documentary, putting out the book and inspiring us to be who we truly are and everything that we do and using our platform for, you know, our, our own voice and for good and to infl- positively influence others. But understanding that our platforms don't define us, but we define our platforms because another part that she talked about was understanding that, that you're, you're your story, not a stat. So I'm not just this person who graduated with this degree. I'm not just, just this person who has, you know, a GPA of such and such and such. I am, you know, how my mama raise me I am what I want to do for my community you know I am how I help my friends you know I am my story it's not just about my stats I am my story and my story is who I am I just uh, I could watch that all day like every day you know I might even start putting that into like my morning routine is just like watching one of my favorite snippets from the documentary because I just really can't get over it like it really sticks with you and when I tell you about the, the last 30 minutes I, honey these these eyes was watering <laughs> somebody bring me some tissue because these eyes were watering yes thank you so much Michelle you know one day one day you one day you, you you're gonna hear this one day and uh, honey me you and Oprah gonna be chit-chatting and we're going to be laughing about this this podcast episode that I did, you know, way, way, way back. But, yeah, so thankful for that. So, yes, moving on. Did y'all get into this slime? And and I think it was Slime and B. Yes. Anyway, the Chris Brown and Thugga Thugga Young Thug mixtape. Okay. Definitely had low expectations. But they came through. And you know what? I hate to say this, no disrespect to Young Thug, but I it, it gave me Chris feels. Like, it gave me, like, Chris Brown feels. It didn't feel like a joint mixtape. Like, it didn't feel like he was on a mixtape with somebody else. Like, I, I'm not a huge, huge, like, rap rap fan. Um, I do a little bit of rap here and there. You know, I can spit some lyrics, and I'm a little gangster on the side, but you know how that go. But anyway, so yes. I, I, I was I liked it. I, I was digging it. Um, I exercised to it a few times. It's a really good album to jog to if you jog or you exercise, like working out, um, just to get yourself up and moving and get in a good mood. It's a, it's like a real good little album. Like you, I was like listening to it, like okay, all right, all right. And so I love that true like Chris Brown feel. And obviously, you know, 
for his fans that follow him, I think we can all attest to this, that, you know, he kind of got out of that Chris Brown, like that true Chris Brown that like we grew up on. And I, I understand that, you know, he was trying to move with the times, but I think he really lost that true essence of like why we fell in love with him and the sound that like we fell in love with. So this album kind of brought that back a little bit. It wasn't so poppy, you know, it wasn't that, you know, bass, turn up the music and, you know, fist pump. It was like a real Chris Brown like kind of back in the day vibes I, I fooled with it and like I said I didn't didn't even realize that it was like a joint album it, it really gave me like Chris vibes so I don't know if Chris had a lot to do with like all of it and Thug was just like okay you know where my part at <laughs> what point do you want me to come in I don't know but it definitely gave me you know real Chris Brown vibes back in the day like remind me you know why I fell in love with Chris in the first place like so definitely loved it um shout out to you Chris for a great mixtape Speaking of new music, honey, it was good until it wasn't. Did y'all listen to that new Kalani? Okay. So overall, let me say, I like the album. I do like the album. Was it better than her last album? No, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Honey, Kalani did what she had to do on her last album. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this album was good, and this is not to discredit it, but I really feel like this was a um, a quarantine album. Like, I think, ugh, I hate to say this because it almost sounds like I'm discrediting her, and I love Kalani, but I think this was like an album for us to survive while we're in quarantine. Like, I think this is like, you know, I really want to put out some good music and give people something to listen to, something to bop to, something to enjoy, you know, while we're in quarantine. But that album before this one, oh my gosh, it's called While We Wait. That's what it is. I was thinking of it. While We Wait, oh, when I tell you Kalani did her thing on that one. So yes, it was a really, really good album. It didn't top her last album, um, in in my opinion. I also feel like this album was really slow. Like, it started off really slow. She had a couple of, like, you know, songs where I bopped my head a little bit. Um, I actually listened to the album on a long car ride home. And like I said, y'all know me. I, I'm a psychopath. I like to listen to albums straight through. I'm not a shuffler. Like, I don't I don't shuffle the music until I know all the words. Then I can shuffle the music. But but until then, like, that's how I learn the words. That's how I learn the music. That's how I figure out if I like the album or not. By, like, listening to it from top to bottom, from start to end. Um, and so just like the first four or five songs were just so slow. And I'm like, oh my God, give me a little bop or something so I can roll down the windows. Like, <laughs> it just was so slow. And I mean, I mean, her last album was slow too, but she had a couple of ones like, you give me feels and I... Okay, don't get me started, because honey, I will, I will dish out that whole album. Do not play with me, because yes. Um, so yeah, it, it just was really slow. Um, you feel it though you know it's a very relatable album like you listening to it like yes girl i went through that i know what you're talking about but i it just didn't top top the last one so yeah shout out to kalani it was good until it wasn't Mm -hmm. so yes i'm getting ready to close this out but i just want to send a huge shout out to adele like i don't know if y'all saw her but oh my god like sis left disappeared and came back a whole new woman like i mean time travel like 
Whole new woman. Since where machine was that? Because I'd love to get into it and come back. Like, leave for a few years and come back. When I say I was reading through tweets and Instagram comments about Adele, and they say Adele went from hello to what the F you want. When I tell you I died, y'all, I was on the floor. Because I'm like, she she really did. Adele, honey, you look good. I mean, first of all, let me say this. Let, let me say this. Adele looks good before. Like, she's always been gorgeous to me. Like, Adele is, is oh my God, her face, like, she is just amazing. Like, she is just a gorgeous woman. Um, but, but she also looks good here, too. So I'm not saying she looks better, you know, before. She looks better now. Please don't, because y'all know people love to run with stuff. But, no, she looks so good, and, and she looks happy. And I think that's what makes her look good is the fact that she looks happy yes girl going from hello to what the f you want and let these people know you are not here to play games okay so yeah shout out to adele on that and a and a special announcement that i really want to make my birthday is next friday may 22nd and i have something special in store for all of my listeners all of my viewers so make sure that you follow my page on instagram at axmaj the podcast um, and make sure you follow Twitter at Axmaj the Pod and Facebook at Axmaj the Podcast for a special surprise. I'm doing a giveaway, a really special edition of an episode. I'm super, super excited, and I'm just praying that you all love it and that you tune in and that you tell all your friends and you share, 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 share. So yes, thanks again for tuning in, and we will be back next week with a special episode. But you know, Maj for short. Axe <laughs> Maj.